don't know about you, but I, man, I long for that day. Jesus comes again. Hallelujah. Woo. It is Father's Day, and uh, a few weeks ago, as I was thinking about this day and the men uh, that would be here, I, I felt the Lord lead me to a passage of Scripture. I've never preached on this text, and as I read it, I, I couldn't quit reading it, so the text got longer and longer, so I'm going to cover 15 verses with you out of Colossians today, Colossians chapter 3, and there's just so much here. It's just so rich, so theologically uh, packed and powerful, and so we'll read it. Today's message is entitled, Put Off and Put On, Put Off Some Things and Put On Some Things, and so uh, men especially, I, I bring this message to you as a word of encouragement. I hope it is a word of encouragement and also a word of challenge, a word of uh, admonishment, as, a, as well as a word of, of really of affirmation, and again, we're just glad that you're here today. It, you know, presence speaks volumes. Somebody said 80% of success is showing up, and you showed up today, and that took a Herculean effort for some of you. I know. Sometimes it's a battle. It's like the devil works overtime on you and your family on Sunday mornings, and it takes, uh, takes almost a riot, you know, just to get out of the house and get here, but we're glad that you're here, and uh, you are in the right place at the right time to hear a message from the Word of God, and whenever I'm read uh, this one particular passage of Scripture. It's just been on my heart a lot uh, here lately, and it's Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, and it says this, children's children are the crown of old men, okay? I love that. And the glory of children is uh, their father. Uh, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Now, we all know that the glory of children is their mothers. We, we all know that, and the Bible knows that. But I'm so glad the Bible puts it this way, that the glory of children is their dad. And it is amazing the power that God has put in us as fathers, that power that we have in our children's lives. And it is sad, it is so sad when that power is abused or it's misused in a way that doesn't affirm and raise up a child in the way he or she should go. And, 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 and I know that's a shame, but I'm so grateful to God for you and you're here and, and your children are a crown and a blessing to you and, and you, are, uh, you are a blessing to them. We you know, celebrated yesterday, like many of you guys did, we celebrated Father's Day in our home and uh, Ashley had, had bought, went to Target, and we bought this uh, swimming pool, and man, I hopped in that pool with my three granddaughters. Man, was that fun. I, I'm telling you, that was just a, what, what, a, what a blessing to be able to, to do that. And so some of you, Ken Farmer, as brand new grandfather today, his daughter Katie just had their first child, so praise God, congratulations. And some of you uh, are, are dads, and some of you are granddads and great-grandfathers, and some of you are dads who want to be dads, and I, I appreciate that, and so we pray for you that God would bless you according to his desire and his will in your life. So we're looking at, at Colossians, and what I want to do today is I want to read uh, not all 15 verses at one time. I'd like to break these up. For example, first of all, we're going to look at our identity in Christ. We're going to look at the first few verses of Colossians chapter 3, and then specifically, uh, in direct relation to our title of the message today. We're going to look at the things that Paul encourages all of us, men, women, boys, and girls, all of us who name the name of Christ. 
there are certain things that we are to take off, that we are to put away from us, like a soiled, stained, sweaty garment. We are to take that thing off and not put it back on. So what are we to put on? Well, he tells us. And a lot of it sounds familiar of the fruit of the Spirit, the things that we are to put back on in our lives. And so that's our message today, our Father's Day message. Next week, uh, it's been a while, but we're going to get back into the book of Acts, and I'm really, really uh, looking forward uh, uh, to that. So I read a book uh, the other day, and I, I, I'm reading like two or three different books right now, but this one book, I read it from cover to cover, and I could not put it down. And that's unusual for me, uh, because usually I read two, three, four books at one time, just kind of in and out until I finish them. But this one called The Road to Joy by Scott Drew and, and guys, I highly recommend it. Ladies, it's not too late. You can go to Amazon, you can go online or whatever. Get that book for your man called The Road to Joy by Scott Drew. You may recognize him. He's the head basketball coach of, somebody help me out here, under Baylor Bears, that's right. Won the national championship 2021 20, uh, in basketball. There are a lot of things in this book that I appreciate, and I'm gonna share some of them with you now and at the end of the service I'm gonna share a few more things with you. But the thing that stood out to me about the book, at the very beginning, Scott Drew talks about his family. He talks about his father and his mother and his two uh, siblings, a brother and a sister. The dad had a, a coaching job, a very prestigious job. If some of you are a little bit older like me, you'll recognize uh, LSU, Louisiana State University. Dale Brown was a legendary coach there. He was Shaquille O'Neal's coach. And so Scott Drew's dad got that highly coveted, prized um, position of being Dale Brown's assistant coach. Now, when you are an assistant coach to such a prestigious elite program, it's only a matter of time until you are transferred to being a head coach. And so um, Scott Drew's dad, he had his little family and they were having children and they were, he was trying to raise his kids in that elite program and he was like, you know what? I'm hardly ever at home. And as an assistant coach, you know, I got to do everything that the coach can't do. And so he's traveling all over the nation and he's recruiting and he goes up to Coach Brown and he says, I respectfully, I have to resign. And Dale Brown, the head coach at LSU, said, uh, Mr. Drew, have you lost your mind? Do you know how many people want this job? He says, I understand, but my family's more important. And so he retired, resigned from that job, took a very small school in Indiana that nobody ever heard of, and he poured into his three children. One of them, Bryce, went on to play at Valparaiso University and went on to play in the NBA. Uh, a daughter, they had a daughter, and now they have this son named Scott Drew, who's the head basketball coach there uh, at Baylor. Kind of a fun thing about this, um, about this book, and I don't know why this, this story just stuck out to me more than any other story in, in the book. I don't know if it maybe says more about me, but anyhow, he talks about... Um, are y'all at Colossians yet? Are y'all there? Y'all ready? Colossians chapter 3. We're going to get there in just a minute, okay? Um, he, he talks about Pastor Mark Wimble, who was the chaplain of the basketball team. And the chaplain had a dream in 2009. And by the way, Baylor is, was really, really bad in basketball until Scott Drew came. And so the, pa the pastor, the, the chaplain said, I don't know if I need to tell you this or not, coach, but I had a dream last night that the Baylor Bears played the Lions for the national championship this year. And Scott Drew says, Pastor, I love you, but you, you ate too much pizza or something. That, 
that just can't happen. The lions, who, who are the lions? And we haven't even been to a postseason game since 1950. And you're telling me we're going to play for a national championship? He said, I'm sorry, I just find that hard to believe. He said, the only team I can even think of remotely related to the Lions would be the Nittany Lions of... Ooh, we got some Lions in the house, some Penn State Nittany Lions. And he goes... They're worse than we are, coach. I mean, we, I mean, pastor, we're not. There's, it's impossible. Guess who played in 2009 for the national championship? Not the NCAA championship, but the national invitational tournament, the NIT. Baylor and Penn State. That was ridiculous. Now, Baylor lost, but the past, <laughs> you won. That's right. But... But Coach Drew's like, man, we're going to keep this guy on our staff here. This pastor, he has dreams, and, and they come true. All right, so we're in Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read it to you. Your identity is in Christ, and let's look at it together. If then you were raised with Christ, a good translation would be since you have been raised with Christ. So if he's going to, he's going to speak to those who have been raised in Christ. Now, he's given you code that these are men and women, boys and girls, who have been saved, they have accepted Christ, and they have been what? Y'all watch this. Look at me real quick. They have been what? They have been baptized. That's really, really important. Baptism in the New Testament is a tremendously big theological deal. When you accept Christ, you go public and you're baptized, and Paul writes to the church at Colossae. Now, please keep this in mind. He is writing to believers, he is writing to men and women and boys and girls who have surrendered their lives to Christ. He says, okay, you've been raised with Christ. And so I want to command you under the authority of the Holy Spirit to seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Focus your gauge. I give you the command. Set your mind on things above not on things on the earth, for you died. Now, when you read that, you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, I'm confused. I thought he was writing to people who were alive. Look, he's talking about Christian baptism, okay? You accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and when you're buried with Christ in baptism unto death, Romans 6, 4, then you're raised to walk in newness of life. So he's using this code language, this Christian uh, Christianese, if you will, the vernacular uh, that we would understand. Yes, Christ died. He was raised from the dead. We've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. Our old nature, our old way of living, our old way of conducting ourselves, it is dead. We don't go back there anymore. We have been clothed in Christ. So Paul is speaking to, help me, believers or Christians. Okay, the answer is believers, okay? Paul is speaking to that's really important that you understand that, okay? Very, very important. You have died. Your old life is gone. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, thank you, Jeff, for singing that song. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So he, he's given us our identity. This is who we are. Uh, we are dead men walking. Our old nature is dead. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians you know, 5, 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things now have become new. I like what uh, Dr. Dunn, one of these commentators that I read, said, there's no suggestion here that a literal death has taken place in the church at Colossae except the death of Christ. The metaphor here is a powerful one that when they believed in Christ in baptism, they were putting away their previous way of life to death. And now they have buried it out of sight. Consequently, it should no longer be a factor in their way of life. Their old way of living should no longer dictate the way they live their lives. They have been freed. They have been freed by that one act to live a quite different kind of life, determined not by their old fears and loyalties, but by their new and primary loyalty to Christ. Okay, so this is our identity. This is who we are. And we, now, since we've died to the old nature, men, men of God, listen to me carefully. Those things are past. We, we don't dabble in those things anymore because we have been given newness in Christ. So how do we do this? He says, seek the things that are above. Set your mind. Oh, he's given us some really, really good advice here. If, if you want to keep your new clothes on and not put on those old dirty garments, then the way you're going to do it is you got to focus your mind on Christ. You say, well, how do you do that, Brother Danny? Well, thank y'all for asking me because I couldn't wait to tell you today. Here, and if this helps anybody, I'm going to share it with you. I set my mind on Christ. The first thing I do in the morning, I get out of bed, amen, and I get on my knees and I just have a time with the Lord right then, right there, and I begin to worship God. Then I go get my coffee. And that's not very spiritual, but I go get my coffee, amen. And then I go right to the Bible and I spend the next hour of my life in the Word of God, setting my mind, refocusing my gaze on Jesus Christ, and then I pray, and a lot of my prayers are, are for you, many of you in this room, and I'm, I'm praying for you, beseeching heaven on, on your behalf, and so I'm setting my mind, I'm recalibrating my spiritual life right back to the things of God. You say, well, why do you do all that? Why do you spend all that time in prayer? You got anything better to do? Listen, I know me, and I know you. If we're not careful, we'll put the old clothes back on. We don't need to put them clothes back on. Now, look at me. Y'all know I like to run. Y'all know I like to exercise. What y'all don't know about me is I sweat more than any human being on the planet. It's really ugly. I mean, I, I, mean, I could just break a sweat like that. Everything is drenched. And I had this metaphor. Even this morning when I was finishing this message, I finished this message two weeks ago, but I've been like studying it, memorizing it over and over. And I was, this morning I was thinking, how foolish it would be of me to run a marathon, oh my word, I mean, I am drenched and just, I take, I mean, these clothes are just saturated and sweaty and everything sweaty. Any garment on me is just wet. What if I took those things off and put them on the ground, took me a shower and it's like, whoo, man, I'm feeling good. And then I go back and get them dirty underwear. Help me now. Help, think, think about that for just a minute. Them nasty, stinking drawers right there. Pick them up and put them on my body and go grab that shirt. And I'm like, man, that smells horrible. And I put it back on my, y'all looking at me like, you wouldn't do that, but we do that spiritually. Don't we? Things that God has delivered us from. Things that Jesus, Holy Spirit, Bible saying, that's, that's gone, that's way, way in the past. And we put back that, and you know what? 
We stink and we break the heart of God when we do that. You say, now what things are you talking about, Brother Danny, specifically? Pornea, which is the Greek word for pornography. You say, well, that's not in the Bible. Well, guess what? It's the very first thing that Paul said, don't put back on. You say, well, prove it to me. Okay, I will. Let's look at it, all right? Here it is. In verse 5, therefore, just put it off, put it off. Here it goes. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Uh, put to death, by the way, is a commandment. It's the imperative command. The members, and as I read that, as I studied that, it has a sexual connotation to it. Y'all with me? That's all I'm going to say about that. Put to death your members which are on the earth, number one, pornea. Fornication. He said, is that in the Bible? It is in the Bible. But it's the thing that men are the most tempted to put back on. It breaks the heart of God. It destroys our marriages. And it, and it devastates the kingdom of God. And Paul says, uh, excuse me, who is he speaking to? Help me. Why? Why is he talking to believers in this strong language to not do that? Because he knows. The Spirit of God knows that just, we're, just because we are Christians doesn't... Some people say, well, if I just become a Christian, the devil will leave me alone. <laughs> oh, my word. Somebody help a brother out. Just because you become a Christian, it's like all oh, hell's going to come after you to seek to destroy you and your testimony and to harm you. And so Paul is trying to help us here. He's like, look, don't put them dirty underwear back on. Leave them all fornication, pornea, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And that really makes sense. When I covet something that you have, it becomes an idol in my life. Because of these things, the wrath, whoop, 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 the wrath of God is going to be poured out on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked. Mm. Past tense. This is how we used to live our lives. Come on, raise my hand. All these things, that's how we lived. Until Christ saved us. We died. We were baptized. We have been Born again, you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourselves, you with me? Verse 8, put off of these things, anger, wrath. I can't help it, Brother Danny. I just lose my temper. I just kind of get in the flesh. Just kind of let people know how I feel. That's ungodly. That's not who we are to be as children of God, as men of God. Wrath, anger, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Okay, I'll keep going. Do not lie to one another since you have put off this old junk. All of these old men, we, they're dead with all their deeds. And we've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And I'm going to explain this passage to you here as best I can. I love it. I, I know it's the Spirit of God. I read this passage. He goes, preach this. You know, I'm preaching today about putting off sin and 
And, and if we don't, we as God's children, we, we can experience the chastisement uh, of God. When's the last time you heard a sermon on the wrath of God? <laughs> When's the last time you heard a message about, let's, let's reject this old way of living. Let's be men and women of faithfulness and righteousness and purity and walk in with the Lord. And I, I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you with all that is within me, I believe this and I'm pursuing it with everything I've got, okay? Commenting on verse five, the same Dr. Dunn says, despite the power of their having been identified with Christ, there were still some things, part of their old lives, habits of hand and mind. Ooh, some words just grip me. Some of these old habits of hand and mind, it tied them to the earth. It hindered them and the outworking of the mind set on what is above. And now we read about the wrath of God is poured out on those kind of things. And these things, he says, we used to do these things, but they should not be named among us as followers of Christ. We put these things off and, and we renew. Look at it, verse 10. We renew in our knowledge according to the image of him. This is so rich, church. I don't want you to miss this. We were created in the image of God. God created us, and, and we have this, this morality and this spiritual nature about us that the plants and the animal kingdom, they do not have, they never can have. But we are created in the image of God. We can fellowship with him, we can know him. <laughs> and Christ, who is the, in, he is the visible image of the invisible God. Icon is the same Greek word there used in Colossians uh, 1, uh, 15, as it's used here uh, in 1, 11, or 1, 10. Jesus Christ, we know him. We, we have been created in the image of God, and Jesus Christ, who bears perfectly the image of God, I mean, he is, he's stamped upon our hearts, and so that's who we are in Christ. <laughs> that's why we got to be reminded who we are and to keep our gaze and our focus on the things of God. And when we do that, we're much, much less likely to fall, to fall to sexual sin, to anger, to wrath, to blasphemy, to malice, to all those things if we'll stay focused on Christ and keep our gaze on him. Everybody, listen to me carefully. Everybody that I know, and I know a lot of people, my heart's just been so broken over the last few weeks. But be honest with y'all, I'm still not over this. I'm still preaching limping today. And some of my heroes, you were to ask me my heroes of the faith just a couple of years ago, uh, both of them have been fired. <laughs> both of them have been fired. If one didn't fire, get fired, he was gonna have to resign. Well, he resigned because, in order to be not get fired. And so you were to ask me, well, those, those are my heroes. Those are the guys I put on the pedestal. Those are the guys I was emulating my life and my ministry after them because of who they were, and I'm, and I'm just, I'm coming, going, God help me, and um, how can I live, Lord, in a way that I, I don't do that? Is that okay to ask that question with you guys today? How can I live a way that I don't do that and bring shame to you, right? Bring shame to my wife and to my family, and it's either pride or sex. Can I just be blunt with you? Everybody falls through pride and sex. That's, that's how they fall. I don't care if they're pastors, okay? Here's the thing. Every day, throughout the day, think about Jesus. 
I'm, I'm, I've shared this with y'all before, and I'm going to share it with you again. And I, I know I run the risk of, of being criticized and, oh, you, you're overly spiritual, and uh, so what? If this saves one marriage, or if it helps one person, you know, break the, the bondage of pornography, then, then here it comes. Every day. Every day. Don't miss a day. Don't miss a meal. Just get in the Word of God. Please, men. Get in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God until you just know that God has spoken to you. Now, don't stop. Here's what I do throughout the day, probably six or seven times. And this is the part that I hesitate to share with you, but it's important. I've shared this with my staff, and I'm going to share it with you. Pray the Scriptures throughout the day that you read in your quiet time that morning. Y'all with me? You say, well, that's not rocket science. That's the, that's, the, that's the most simple, basic, rudimentary thing I've ever heard. Let me tell you something. When you read the Word of God in the morning and you meditate on it throughout the day, God's got you. And the devil don't have you, okay? And I'm telling you, you're not going to click something. You're not going to click or open or look. And, I mean, good night, guys. I, I go to a gym here in the city, and I go to that gym... And, uh, and I work out, and I see my buddies, and I witness to them. I'm, you know, I'm just like, I go in there sometimes like, Jesus, help me. I mean, women are wearing stuff like, I'm like, oh, my word. I mean, she, they're actually wearing that. And it's like, yeah, but don't, don't look at that. You know, keep your eyes on Christ. And, and I'm like, Lord, Lord, help us. Um, Ladies, can I just share with you something? Please don't wear stuff that comes up to here. I'm just, I'm just saying, all right? Because when you bend over, it's not good, you know? It's just, it's just not good for guys, and we don't need to see that, all right? You say, well, you just shouldn't be looking. Well, you shouldn't be wearing it either, okay? Just, yeah. So, well, that's just, I don't know what I think about that message. I don't care. I'm going to keep preaching it. All right. So, the end of this verse, this verse 11, I got to reading that, and I was like, what does that mean? In Christ, there's neither Greek nor Jew. Um, by the way, if you weren't a, a Jew in, in the New Testament time, you were a Greek. You were a Gentile. Okay, And Paul's going to give all these dichotomies. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. Christ's royal blood has redeemed you. He's redeemed me. Watch this. So that we can put off this junk. Okay, no, Stay with me. Some people say, well, yeah, but that can't apply to so-and-so because they're just so far gone from the Lord. No, no, no. It applies to everybody. Jesus' blood can make the foulest clean. He washes us, redeems us. So you got Jew and Greek. Notice the next dichotomy, the circumcised or the uncircumcised. Again, you got Jew or, or Greek. The barbarian, the Scythian. The Scythian there is code word for savage, a very wild, savage, nomadic people, all right? And then you got slave or free. You got economic and social distinctions. It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, whether you're free or whether you're slave. Christ is all we need. And Christ is the only one who can get you free and keep you free, okay? The third thing I want to share with you is what we're going to put on. We got our identity as who we are in Christ, okay? Got to be reminded. 
And we've taken off the, these, these things. And Paul is talking to the church uh, because so many in the church, especially men, they, they slip back into that old nature. And some of you that I'm preaching to today have slipped back in the old nature. You've put those old garments back on, and yet you're still here in church, and you're going, what in the, what in the world am I supposed to do? Can I just say this to you? God still loves you. <laughs> God, he has you here today because he wants you to know that his blood can still cleanse you and wash you. The key for you is you've got to focus your mind on the Lord, okay? Ongoingly, daily, perpetually, habitually, however you want to say it, is keep your mind on Jesus and on the things of God, and it'll keep us out of the gutters, okay? Here's some things I want to put on. I want you to help me put on. Therefore, as the elect of God, as if we, as if we haven't heard it, he's going to say it one more time. Okay, do y'all know who I'm talking to today? I'm talking to the church, the very elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. Here, here's the things we're supposed to put on. Uh, tender mercies. And I'm going to give you my translation of, of each one of these. I understand this to mean have sympathy and to extend mercy to others. Kindness. To be kind and friendly, to be good. Humility. Not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Meekness, which is to be gentle and humble. And long-suffering, which is to be patient. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If anybody has a complaint against a brother or another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. It's like the Holy Spirit is speaking to Paul through Paul. And, and he's saying, this, this is a hard message. I mean, no, nobody likes to be called out in their sin and that you've re retro, you've gone back to that old way of living. And the devil would just love to keep us there and beat us up and just say we're pitiful, we're hopeless and blah. And Jesus is like, no, I love you. I've got so much more I want you to do. Let's get right. Let's get clean. Let's get focused back on the Lord. And the way we do that is that we focus our minds on Jesus and the things of God. And here are the things that we, that we put on. And each one is given to us as believers. It, it's accessible to us. These are new garments. And I love the fact that he says, and bear with one another and, and forgive one another. I don't have many original thoughts, but here's one. Forgiveness is the silver bullet in our war against the old nature. It's our silver bullet. When we forgive, now I'm, I've gone beyond, you know, the the sexual sins and those things. And I'm, I'm going more now because I'm preaching to some. You're, you're like the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son. You, you, you don't do those things. Praise God you don't do those things. But you do other things. You, you, you complain and you harbor bitterness and unforgiveness. And, 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 and those, those, are the, those kind of things also separate us and and cause us to be drifting from the Lord. It's like Paul's like, let's don't do that. Let, let's forgive each other. Now, forgiveness here does not mean forgetfulness. 
Forgiveness does not mean you, you allow yourself to be an emotional or physical punching bag, no. In fact, forgiveness would even entail, and I've had to learn this the hard way, that you can't help some people. Critical, overly critical, mean, toxic people, I forgive them, I just don't associate with them. Are y'all with me? Just building in barriers or, or building uh, boundaries. So put on these things. Well, can it be done? It can be done. It has to be done. Um, we, in the church of Jesus Christ, I mean, we, we have to lead out and to say, by God's grace, we're going to be a different people. We're going to be men of God who walk with God. When we fall and we fall, Lord, please forgive us. And please help us, Lord, to keep those nasty garments off and help us put on those robes of cleanliness and righteousness and purity and justice and, and to walk like Jesus. We've been created in the image of God. We have the image of Christ stamped upon us. Let's live that life. When Scott Drew showed up in Waco, people said, how can this baby-faced Christian from Indiana be the real deal? That's what they literally said about him. They called him a baby-faced Christian from Indiana. How could he be the real deal? And so they said, well, we'll just give him time because in time, all these Christians proved to be false, right? They proved to be fake. They have this rah-rah spirit about them, but in times of difficulty, they all fall away. So people began to watch him. But they noticed that year after year after year, through difficulty, through travail and strife, Scott Drew just kept walking with the Lord, kept loving his teammates. In fact, at Baylor, lots of these, these student athletes are being led to Christ by their coach, by their assistant coaches, watch this, by their fellow athletes, and they're being baptized. I don't know if y'all have heard these stories. It's crazy. I mean, they're getting saved, they're getting baptized, and that doesn't happen unless a godly man is at the helm, okay? And he is. He's leading them well. The guy who co-wrote the book with Scott Drew is a man by the name of um, Don Yeager, and he's... He says this, the program was in shambles. One student had murdered another student athlete. Y'all remember this 19 years ago? Baylor came within an eyelash of getting the death penalty, not in football, but in basketball. The head coach was at the top of the corruption. It was, it was awful. And Scott Drew inherited this. And the first few years, they won just a handful of games. But he said, guys, we're on the right path. Let's keep seeking the Lord. God is with us. God is going to turn this thing around. And Don Yeager says this. He said, I've written 30 books with athletes from all over the world. But this guy, Scott Drew, I've never in my life worked with somebody who so relentlessly sought to serve others and deflect attention as this man. A man who so sold out to his relationship with God that it motivated him to do the things that it said in the Bible. Namely, love others as much as you love yourself. What a concept, end of quote. Well, these are some things um, that I hope you receive uh, from my heart to yours. You know, if I wake up tomorrow and, and I find out that Scott Drew, because we kind of put him on a pedestal, right? We kind of lifted, lifted him up. And we find out tomorrow that Scott Drew has had multiple affairs, he's lost his family, and now Baylor's going to fire him. That's, that's, that's not within the realm of, of impossibility, right? That, that is possible. But you know what? Jesus is still good. Jesus is still God. 
and he is the one that we emulate. He is the one that we pursue. Y'all, I'm preaching this for me right now because, and Jeff, I've heard you say this before, so many men have let you down. I'll never forget when you said that. You said a lot of things, but that's the thing I remember when we interviewed you. He goes, so many Christian men have let me down. And so, men of God, come on, men. Let's be faithful to God. Let's be faithful to our families. There's so much at stake. Women, women of God, let's be faithful to the Lord. Let's be faithful to our husbands. Let's be faithful to our church. And let's, let's realize who we are. You know, the devil, he's so good at reminding us of who we're not. But we are in Christ. You say, well, I was saved and, and I got baptized. Glory to God. You're different. Could it be that you're saved and baptized and that's why the devil will not leave you alone. He wants to hurt you. He wants to, look, ultimately, you're just a pawn. Ultimately, wants to get to Christ. He wants to hurt Jesus. Jesus, don't, be, don't let him use you like that. So I'm with you, church. I'm, telling, I'm, I'm in it with you. I'm, I'm taking off the old. It's, it's, it's on the floor. And I'm putting on the new every day, reading the Word of God. Okay, guys, would y'all just stand up for just a minute? Men, if you're, if you're 18 or over, or if you're close to that, would you just, just stand? I'm, I want to ask you to do this, okay? I want to see if y'all are with me on this. Commit to read the Bible every day, okay? You'd be shocked and surprised. The vast majority of you standing, you believe the Bible, you love the Bible, but you know, you're like, I don't need to read it every day, right? Which, which you do. You know, let me tell you why. The devil never takes a vacation. This is the only weapon you got that will keep you walking with the Lord and keeping you clean. So here's what I want you to do. Today's June, I think it's June the 19th. Is that right? Okay. So every day, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Proverbs and read that chapter every day. How many of y'all do that, by the way, like I do? Praise God. A bunch of you guys already do that. Every day, open your book, open your Bible. You say, well, Brother Danny, what about when I'm on vacation? <laughs> You're still going to be tempted to pornography and other things while on vacation. In fact, most of you, that's when you most likely fall. Okay. So every day, on vacation, on mission trips, every day, you say, well, this sure is sounding pharisaical and legalistic. I don't care. Y'all can judge me if you want to on that. I'm saying every day, open up. Tomorrow is the 20th, okay? Oh, here it comes. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. That's Proverbs 20, verse 7. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? That's 24. So every day, open your Bibles and read it. And that's not all. Stay with me. Stay with me. During the day, take some time and pray the verses that meant the most to you in your quiet time. Are y'all with me? Some of y'all are like, I see real. See, you see, I'm serious. Is there a test? I mean, I'm going to be tested on this. I'm going to call all of your wives and all of your girlfriends 
and say, is he doing it? I'm just kidding, I can't do that. But every day, read a chapter in Proverbs. You say, well, I'm already in this and this quiet time. I don't care, read a chapter in Proverbs. And then throughout the day, a few times in the week, in the day, pray it, pray it. And watch what God does. Watch him renew your mind. Watch him bless you. Watch him change your heart and attitude, the way you treat your family. It's, I almost said it's magic. It's, it's more than that. It's God's word. It's awesome. All right, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. One. Philip. Y'all good? Phil, y'all good? Rick? Now, don't raise your hand, Baylou. Don't raise your hand unless you're gonna do it. All right, Ralph, you with me? All right, here we go. He said, all right, Brother Dan, I'm going to take you up on this challenge. At least for the next month, I'm going to read a chapter in Proverbs. And what was the other part, honey, he asked me to do? I can't remember. Well, okay. Pray it during the day. Say, all right, I'll do it. I'm going to commit to it, all right? Got your hands up? All right. That's good. Father, thank you for these good men of God and the commitment they just made before heaven and me and their families. And I pray for them, God. Help them to be faithful. Read that book of Proverbs, the book of the literature of wisdom. And help them, Lord, to keep their minds on you, Jesus. Help me keep my mind on you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, today to remember who we are in Christ. The old nature is gone. We have this new nature, the Holy Spirit living within us. Help us to put off those things that so easily beset us. And help us put on Christ and put on robes of cleanliness and righteousness and purity and help us to do this daily, oh God. Lord, I thank you for our ladies that are here and they, Lord, they love their, their husbands and they're, they're pulling for them. And I'm praying for them, God. I'm praying for these godly women. Thank you for them. Thank you, Lord, for their chastity and their modesty and the way they conduct their lives. And I pray that you would bless them and, and bless their homes and bless their families. I'm just praying, God, that you would help Great Hills Baptist Church and help us tonight, Lord, up at Liberty Hill and Connect Church. Help us, God. I know we're going to be different, Lord. I know this looks and sounds very, very different. In most of our churches in America, we're going to talk about how to have happy lives and how to get ahead and how to prosper and, and by all means, just make you feel good about yourself before you leave. Lord, help us be faithful. Help us, God, to realize that Holy Spirit, when you convict us, that's a good thing. And we need to be convicted. We need to be called out by the Spirit of God because, Lord, you love us and you want us to finish. You don't want us to quit before we're done. So help us to stay in the game, Lord, being faithful to you. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. I'm... I know it's 12 o'clock, and I, I just want to, I at least want to give you this opportunity. If you're here today and you'd say, I've, you know, I, I've never put that new man on. I've, I've, I've never really surrendered my life to Christ. I, I may have been baptized. I may not. I can't even remember. But I, I don't think there's really been a change in my life. I'm going to invite you today, men, women, students, boys, girls, whoever you are. Remember that last part of that verse. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you got or you don't have. It doesn't matter what your race, your color, your gender, your nationality, your socioeconomic status, 
Paul covered all of that. He said, it doesn't matter. What matters, what matters is that you hear Jesus knocking on your door and you open your heart. Would you do that today? Would you surrender your life to Christ? For some of you, for the very, very first time, online, you're listening, in, the, in person right here, you're listening, surrender your heart to Christ. We invite you to do that right now. And please, please, let us know about this. Let us encourage you. During this invitation, you can walk down this aisle and take one of these pastors, one of these deacons by the hand and say, today, I've given my life to Christ. I, I really have. I've surrendered my life to him. I know the majority of you guys and, and gals, I, I know y'all are part of this church and you love the Lord and you love our church. And I just want you to know, I, I love you and I am with you. I am for you. But if we're not careful, every single one of us can fall. We can fall. And we can hurt our testimony. We can hurt our Lord. We can hurt our church. So that's why I'm just going to ask you, then there's no other power that I could offer to you except for the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, to read the Word, stay in the Word, pray the Word, all day, pray without ceasing. Some of y'all are going to need some encouragement with that. You may just want to come on down to the aisle right now. Come on down to the altar. and just You may just want to ask somebody, hey, would, I made this commitment. Would y'all pray for me and ask God to just help me so that I would be faithful to this commitment that I've made? And Father, again, thank you for each one here today. And I'm praying in this invitation, God, there will be decisions made and there will be commitments made that will change us, Lord, that will change our eternities. And I pray this in Jesus' name.